This is the Drive-In Podcast, episode 34, take one. Bada bing, bada boom. Welcome to the 34th episode of the Drive-In Podcast. On today's episode of The Drive-In, we have our Oscars recap. We also have the Express Checkup with yours truly, Dr. O. We have our review of Best Picture nominee, Minari. And we have our top billing of Oscars snubs. So, use the bathroom now, grab your popcorn, and enjoy the 34th episode of The Drive-In Podcast. Fellas, 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 day after the Oscars, Nez, Flix, how we feeling? Start off with uh, Nez, what was your uh, reaction from the uh, news that Chadwick Boseman didn't take home Best Actor last night? I, I'm, a, I'm kind of outraged. I'm a little like, I, I think Anthony Hopkins would have been completely fine with it. I, I, I don't know what they were thinking there based off of performance and also legacy. Uh, I mean, maybe they wanted to get a, get one to him bef- uh, to Anthony Hopkins before you know his career is over. But I, I, that was really a huge surprise, and I think I think the internet agrees with us, hundred percent. I literally gasped out loud. Uh, I was watching with Ricky Flix. Ricky Flix's girlfriend was in the basement. She was sleeping. It's like eleven o'clock at night. It's the last award of the night, and they announced it. And we were, I was just waiting for the, like I said in the our pre-Oscar show I can't wait for the speech like that's going to be spoken for Chadwick Boseman how they're going to honor him and when Mm. they said the name Anthony Hopkins I like literally did a slight scream it was like a little girl (laughs) scream I was like really quick and Sarah like uh, across the room just like popped up and she's like what happened I'm like Chadwick Boseman what freaking fuck is going nuts oh my um, gosh it was just I was I was literally in shock and yeah like I have not seen the father um I don't think anyone has I think that's the only movie I haven't seen that was nominated for any award this year. So I can't say anything, but I did mention in our pre-Oscar show that people were saying that a lot of like big time critics were saying this was Anthony Hopkins's best performance he's ever done. And obviously no one expected him to win, but I am just shocked, surprised that they didn't honor uh, Chadwick Boseman's legacy. But what I was almost just as shocked about, but not to the same extent, clearly is that they changed up the order of the Oscars. Mm-hmm. And I hated it because this picture is supposed to be just a climatic ending to like the year in cinema, the year in film. And they just totally changed it up and it ruined the flow of the night. There wasn't really a flow of the night. Cause it was just so crazy with all those changes, uh, not for the better. And you would think, Oh, they're moving best actor as the last award for Chadwick Boseman to get it. So it ends mm-hmm. the night on that mm-hmm. super high. Right. Oh, um, but just clearly ended with a picture of Anthony Hopkins instead. Yeah, dude, yeah. I mean... Oh, he wasn't like, even there, right? Yeah, and he wasn't allowed to zoom in because he was, like, vacationing out in the oh, Caribbean. Oh, he's at home in Wales. Right, but he uh, like, went to Wales, went, he was vacationing, went home to Wales, and didn't want to travel to London. Uh, okay. To, like, that, that other site in London where, like, the key stamp was, uh, Gary Oldman and other people. So mm-hmm. he's like, can I zoom in and, like, do a speech in case I win? And they said no. So they just ended the night like that. And Olivia Coleman was supposed to take the, if 
since he wasn't allowed to do that, Olivia Coleman was supposed to go on stage, but instead they just ended the night. Right. And that was like after Joaquin's like awkward ass like intro and he was oh. trying to be funny talking about oh i don't really get involved i don't get i don't immerse myself in the roles and it's just like landed so flat but i just i was saying like just hand him the mic and it's just a while he'll go like off script and he'll be weird af and it'll, it'll just like it'll go off the rails but it's gonna be entertaining for the viewer but he's just yeah. a weird guy but uh, like i agree with the best picture it's like everyone joins on stage it's like you have like the producers the cast right director everybody's involved it's a great ending to the night and i think they did expect Chadwick to win and right. then he did it and they're like oh god we're screwed but you know what was weird too is that with the best picture coming before best actress and Nomadland the heavy favorite winning that Frances McDormand was a he- like one of the lead producers on Nomadland so she was mm-hmm. one of the speakers for Nomadland but then the next awards best actress and she wins again so she has to go back up there <laughs> already when she already hit that high doing the wolf howl so it's just like that was nice like, what are we doing here, Steven Soderbergh? You're running the Oscars, and you're just making a mock. Like, I thought it was a, kind of a joke at the end, like how badly it was run. I mean, we, were talk- we were talking about the music. The music was off terrible. all night. It was like eight When they were showing the, the death. Music, after all people the, won, yeah. Yeah, like after people won, they didn't do the score of the film or anything. They did like, like uh, what was the one? Uh, I think after Daniel Kaluuya won, they did Let's Hear It From The Boy, Whitney Houston song. Like, I was just like, what? Like, what, what is this? And other ones, they did, like, really sad songs after a win. It was just so – there was no flow. There was no flow, and was, I thought it was really poorly ran. And, hey, the Oscar viewership was god-awful. Did you guys see the numbers? That's what I, Well, that's what I was about to bring up. Yeah, it's literally – Less than 10 million. It's been, it's been – in like, let me just read you. 2017, 32.9 million. 2018, 26.5 million. 2019, 29.6 million. 2020 went down a little bit to 23.6 million. 2021, 9.8 million. Damn, yeah. that's so sad. I mean, so well, let's sad. let's 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 be honest with ourselves here, though. I mean, part of it could be because of the port, like a badly produced award show, and and you know, no one's saying that that's not true. But also, I mean, theaters have been closed for a solid year now. Yeah. So people aren't really in, as engaged with movies as they are, as they usually are. I mean, yes, in terms of, um, you know, where people are watching more Netflix than ever before. Absolutely. But I, I think movies aren't coming out in theaters. And then, you know, when you think of, think about it, when you go to see a movie in a theater, what's the first thing that you see that's not the movie? And that's like five trailers for other movies that are about to come out before that happens. That doesn't happen anymore. So people really aren't aware of this stuff. I remember we had our live stream going and a lot of our, a lot of our audience didn't really know um, much of the nominations or did, wasn't really familiar with a lot of the, the movies that came out and it's not their fault. It's really just the fact that people right. aren't going to the movies anymore and they're really not getting insight. They're not seeing the advertisements for the other movies. So I think a big part of the, of the Oscar viewership being down has to do with the fact that movie theaters has been closed or at least just you know, really going down for, for over a year now. So, so I think it's just a completely different industry right now. I couldn't agree more. Like, like I, I, yes, there were all these delays. People aren't going to the movie theaters, not as engaged with it. And then like, I think people just shut it off when they saw the way it was being produced, right? They, they were watching it, but also 
when you think of the names that are at the Oscars, there's no there like Brad Pitt wasn't up for an award, Leo DiCaprio wasn't up for an award, Scorsese's not up for an award. These are kind of like newcomers to like the scene too, like mm. Chloe Zhao, Great and point. we're talking about like Steven Yoon and like I, I don't know, that's just like they didn't have the name draw, name recognition as usual, but. Uh, Oscars are the Oscars. We're still going to talk about them, and uh, hopefully, like the numbers go up next year, or they figure out something different. I don't know. They so. they bring on a award winning director to never to change it from a TV show to a cinematic experience, and it just I thought it failed miserably, and clearly the numbers show that. It, yeah, it fell a little flat there. So it's and it's just shocking to me that Soderbergh would do this. Just such an acclaimed director, it's just shocking. Trying something different just fell on its face, you know, happens. Uh, so let's just go over the winners and let's go over the major awards. Let's get to it. Maybe uh, talk a little bit about more than just the major upset that happened at the end of last night, but maybe go into some detail about the other uh, awards that occurred. So Anthony Hopkins, as we just said, won Best Actor in a major upset over Chadwick Boseman for his performance in The Father, Nomadland, Land's Best Picture uh, as the heavy favorite. Frances McDormand took home Best Actress in a tight race with Carrie Mulligan and Viola Davis. Daniel Kaluuya swept the award season, right, with an Oscar for Best Supporting Actor for Judas and the Black Messiah. You have Yu Young Yoon won, uh, winning Best Supporting Actress for Minari, the movie we are reviewing today. Along with that, Emerald Fennell won for Best Original Screenplay for her uh, movie Promising Young Woman. And then lastly, The Father won for Best Adapted Screenplay to accompany Anthony Hopkins' win for Best Actor. So, Ricky Flicks, going beyond the Anthony Hopkins win, what other award kind of stuck out when you look at the list I just read? Well, for me, it's what you didn't say. And Trial of Chicago 7 went 0 for 6 last night. That's big. Netflix, mm-hmm. that was their, like Netflix, like they also had Ma Rainey, but that was like their and Mank, but trial going 0 for 6 is tough for them, especially with Aaron Sorkin. Like, that's, that's not a good look. Mank did win two two awards that went for cinematography. Three, dude. Three. It won production design and cinematography. I didn't know if it won another one, but it beat out Nomadland for cinematography, which was, I thought, a lock. So that's an impressive. I called beat. that one in the pre show. You did. You did say that. Kudos to you. If you want to, if we want to talk about our predictions, Doctor and I went four for six for the big awards. Nez two for six. Just want to put that on the record there. Um, <laughs> that's a shot. <laughs> yes, a shot. Uh, but no, that's like kind of. It's kind of like what it's like. All the pe- best picture nominees got aw- their awards that they were supposed to get, except Trial of Chicago Seven got nothing. I mean, Trial of Chicago Seven. We talked about it in the pre-show that w- for those who listened on and watched on Instagram Live, like it was being hyped up. I think it, it was. Uh, in terms of critical acclaim, it's far surpassed what the audience thought of the movie. It seemed like the audience reception it was not nearly as positive. But yet it was still, I think, um, second favorite for Best Picture. Uh, and I think really, I think they're more hurt by Ma Rainey because they were anticipating a win for Chadwick Boseman. They did win like, like hair and makeup design. That's almost as expected. And there's a chance Viola was going to win. She was also in the race, right? A finalist for the Best Actress. Mm-hmm. So I, I think... It, Definitely was a hard night for Netflix, but at the same time, they're still putting out really good movies. You know, they're still putting out critically acclaimed movies. They're still in the award season game, and they're not going anywhere. So, right. uh, I, I, I mean, I, I, I love Aaron Sorkin when he's with David Fincher by himself. I think it's still a little bit up in the air on like how he's how he's perceived. But 
Uh, yeah. I mean, that's all I got to say about Netflix there. Nez, any thoughts? I just want to say that I dared to, uh, uh, you know, I dared to, to think about outside the box here. You guys were all chalk. Uh, I also say that my, my picks were more votes than they were picks. <laughs> I was it's just who I was rooting for. Yes, except, yes, except I don't know why I picked David Fincher because I didn't. I did not even like Meg that much, but uh, he was you due. Know. He is due. Still, I, I have to step up and I have to defend myself here because because Ricky's clearly throwing shots at me. I had to yeah, say something. I had to say something for the people that uh, that looked at our graphic uh, on Saturday night or Sunday morning. I had to say something. I picked a couple upsets on my board, not all chalk. I am Minari for best picture. I, I picked Frances McDormand, who was the third favorite for best actress, and so did Younes, actually. Yeah, but she will. Yeah, that's not that, that wasn't chalk. She won the. I know. That's no, that, was, that was chalk. No, actually, that was, that was my no, one chalk. No, pick. like they, like she like won the Golden Globe. She did. Or yeah. No, she yeah, won. No, 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 no. Bat, uh, well, SAG. She won the SAG Screen won, Actors. Okay. No, I thought she won the Golden Globe. Golden Globe went to Andre Day. Oh, for yeah. That's how she got Day into the, the Oscar. Yeah. Oh. Right. Yeah. Uh, but no, we both got that one. No, we're on the same side here. Yes. Yeah. All right, all right. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I was shocked. All right. Just to say a shock of the night as well, like obviously to a lesser scale that we won't be talking. Speak Now did not win for One Night in Miami. My lock during the Instagram live. <laughs> Like you were shocked. I was actually persuaded. Like, that that song in Judas and Black Smile, I thought is not very good. The her song, I thought like that was, wasn't even like top three in the nominations, and it won. I was in complete shock on that. Like it was plus a zillion. I was yeah. Ricky perplexed. Ricky, I, I think Ricky, you owe an apology to anyone who is no, watching. That I don't Instagram think so. Live because you were asking them to hammer, hammer <laughs> speak now. You called it your lock. But it, of the it was night. so influential yeah. on the movie compared to all the other ones. It was at the most influential on its movie, <laughs> and it was phenomenal. <laughs> it was phenomenal at lock of the night at good odds, like a good price. Like it was. I thought that was terrible. I thought that was a. Big miss, a big miss. There. I was gonna say lock. Then I was probably Chadwick Boseman. So yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> crazy. Uh, all right, but like other than that, I would say uh, I didn't. We didn't get enough. Uh, we're gonna watch. We're gonna talk about Minari today. But Alan J. Kim, not enough on screen. He's a cute little kid wearing yeah. like, the tuxedo shorts. Where was he? Where was yeah. he? And, and no, no musical performances either. What what was happening there? Yeah, yeah they were they were trying to cut out like. All the musical performances, the comedy acts, except the trivia, which we'll talk about the butt lit. I, I think we will. Um, but instead, they let the actors speak, like let them not get cut off by like music. So that's how it was still ended up being a three hour and three and a half hour Oscars, even though there weren't any extracurricular activities going on. It's the speeches weren't excessive either. Like sometimes they mm-hmm. like, OK, you're going a little overboard. I liked yada, it. Yada. But this one. I thought they were just, okay, I'm on, off. And then at the same time, they got to say a little bit about their story and everything. I think it was a big thing. It wasn't happening during an election year because, like, they're just going to be like, okay, I'm up here. I got stuff to say. Right. Very high tensions everywhere around the country. And they're going to, like, speak their speak their piece. You the know? Tyler Perry sp- speech was very good, though. That was I will phenomenal. Say. That was, yeah. like, wow, impressive. That was That was great. Very moving. He's an impressive dude. For sure. And like, obviously it shows like he's not just yeah. uh, Medea's family reunion. Now he's more. <laughs> right. Did you guys like the Oscar trivia? I mentioned it just now. What was it? Three questions. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty, pretty I, I thought it was scripted. Uh, what Glenn Close did. 
No way she would have done that like on the spot. You, like that she knew you didn't think she knew the do bot. You know, do you know Glenn Close personally? I mean, what do Dude, you like she would not like just randomly just do that. I think don't they like don't set it up book by its cover, Ricky Flex. I just yeah, don't what think do you so. Mean, why I don't think like, so. I think it was set up. Dude, she was like I'm not saying she didn't know it. I'm not saying she didn't know. I think before the show they asked her or she like they like somehow like put it together. During, There's during no the, way at all. During the nineties, she's like just the top of like pop culture. Glenn Close. I know, but knows what it is. I don't. I I know. I'm not saying she doesn't know what it is, but I don't think there's any way whatsoever that she just randomly just decided to start dancing. She knew beforehand like what was gonna happen. You think that you think that they just yes. they approached her before the show? Hey, yes. can you throw it back. Thousand percent. <laughs> thousand percent on TV for us. Thousand percent. That is not Oscar. Yes, that is not Oscar. Dude, I get. I can. I'm not gonna guarantee it after my speak now comment last <laughs> night. But this, like, there's no Oscar, way. Oscar, that they would allow, like, she would just do that. There's no way. Why not? Because it's Glenn Close. Why you know, Glenn, how close are you to Glenn Close? Not very how close. close. Are you to Close? I don't think anyone was is that close to Glenn Close that they were that they knew they were going to do that, except the people like Steven Soderbergh running the Oscars. That's what I think. So Steven Soderbergh called Glenn Close up. No, probably like someone else, it, like an assistant. Or it, can you throw it back? No, they probably said, "Hey, you want to be a part of the Oscars trivia?" And she said, "Oh, sure." I would say, they, "I would say it's like it's almost like you're you're it's like you like you're a magician calls out someone in the crowd and saying, "Oh, hey, I'm gonna." Yes, go exactly. So you're saying it was set up in that way, but yes, thousand percent, like the Kaluuya reunion. I'm just thousand percent. I'm just trying to provide a comparison here. I don't agree with you at all. Like, no, I, <laughs> I that's no, I I think. This is very like the Kaluuya Lil Ray Howery reunion that was set up as well. They knew what they were doing. Andre Day needed some screen time because everyone knew she had no chance at winning whatsoever. It wasn't like even like remotely possible. So let's get her some screen time. Trivia. They even literally hear what set she this was up. Saying. They just blurred out everything she well, said. Yeah, because no, but like I'm just saying, like that's just they were going to approach her. Oh, okay. But no doubt in my mind, Glenn Close was set up. Okay. Agree to disagree. <laughs> yes. Right. I'm not changing my mind on that. Uh, other than that, there wasn't that many upsets. I think everything was pretty much chalk going up to the end of the night uh, for the Oscars. Like, I'm not surprised that Emerald Fennell wins Best Original Screenplay for writing and then directing Promising Young Woman. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya, well-deserved. So happy that he got that, uh, he got that Oscar. And I, I can't wait to, what, to see what he does next. Uh, a lot of young um People being nominated that didn't win, Riz Ahmed, Steven Yoon. I can't wait to see what they're going to do in the future. And as I said before, this is like a new crop of actors compared to, as I said, the Pitts, the DiCaprios, right? Like, as I said, the Scorsese's that are there, okay? So I thought for the most part, the movies were solid this year for such a lackluster uh, release year. Because honestly, it could have been so much worse. So I think kind of like streaming obviously saved us here. Um and I'm praying for higher viewers next year. Any other closing thoughts before we move on to the express checkout? Hopefully uh, we get a better show next year. That's all I'll say. Yeah. I mean, hopefully uh, when things start opening up in movie theaters, and I just think movies will be a bigger part of our uh, daily lives again soon. And mm-hmm. uh, hopefully we'll get that viewership up. And maybe, maybe they need a host. Am I crazy? Maybe that's part of the promotion. Maybe they go back to it. That's part of the promotion. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Hugh Jackman, guys, come back. Like maybe that. Maybe they need a host. Maybe. They yeah. Do. Who knows? Someone who's just gonna put the team on their back. That's a great you know? point. Maybe they need the drive-in to host. 
Brad Pitt did shout us out last night. People forget. Can you remind the the viewers? <laughs> he was just saying how like he used to love watch... going to drive-in theaters. Yeah, that's how I fell in love with him. Talking about listening to our podcast, essentially. I, I think he whispered my name, Doctor O, underneath his breath during the speech too. I think. Sure. Oh, really? He texted me after and was like, "That was for you guys." Oh, and we, we had then we had a group FaceTime with James Gunn. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. All right. All right. It's time. <laughs> Moving on to the express checkup. All right. Let's get her going, huh? One more moment, Doctor. Bringing you the latest news in the movie industry. This is The Checkup with Dr. O. Dr. O, check us out. Captain America, it's officially in development following the Falcon and the Winter Soldier season finale. Falcon and the Winter Soldier showrunner Malcolm Spellman and Dallin Musson will write the script. Anthony Mackie will don the red, white, and blue. And it's reported that this will not one of the two projects, Chris Re- Chris Evans will reportedly return to the MCU. Welcome Pro, and will officially play Zeus in Thor, Love and Thunder. Fans were expecting a small cameo in the trail. However, this reveal may indicate a larger role for the Oscar winner in the MCU. That does it for the MCU news. They are part of, part of this checkup. Moving on, West Side Story. There was a trailer that arrived from Steven Spielberg during Sunday night's Oscars. The movie takes a modern spin on the iconic Best Picture winner starring Rachel Zegler and Ansel Elgort. Yikes. Moving on. A John Wick spinoff is in the works for the about the Continental, the hotel featured in the film series. It's going to follow a young Winston, who's played by Ian McShane, McShane in the film, during the 1970s. Or lastly, uh, Juicy's part of the checkup. Deadline is now reporting Leo DiCaprio will star in an English-language remake of Another Round. Another Round is fresh off a Best International film win during last night's Academy Awards. DiCaprio is currently filming Martin Scorsese's next film, Killers of the Flower Moon, with Robert De Niro and our plump boy, Jesse Clement. Boys, that does it for the Express Checkup this week. You've just been checked up by Dr. O. I mean, I think we got to start off with DiCaprio. I think we got to start off with this news. Another round. We got Oscar news here too. Mm-hmm. Nez, give me your instant reaction. DiCaprio, another round. I mean, that's pretty cool. It's going to be pretty, pretty fun. I mean, let's see. Let's see. This is definitely going to be a lot more serious than I predicted an American version of this movie. Okay. Really? Because yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, I predicted, I, I mean, if, if Leo's taking it, if he takes it, then yeah, it'll be a lot more serious. So so maybe my prediction wasn't as good as I thought it was, but I mean, I, I mean, anything Leo's in, I'm intrigued. The guy, the guy, you know, everything he touches turns to gold. So, and also a phenomenal dancer, Jordan Belfort uh, gif. I can't wait to see him dance true, like Mads Mikkelsen in this movie. That's what I'm looking forward to the most. Oscars get ready. He's coming for a second. Oh man. Wow. That's a bold prediction. I, I mean, I, I wrote a blog on this earlier today, and I immediately thought of so another round. Obviously, uh, has Mads Mikkelsen drinking with a bunch of his buddies. So I thought, okay, they're adapting this for DiCaprio, who is going to be in the ensemble, mm. right? Who's next to him throughout the movie? I got wow. three names for you. I already thought it out. First off, in the uh, leading off, we got Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill will be in this movie. Of course. Think about his his his, his uh. His partner in crime during the mm-hmm. Wolf of Wall Street. Mm-hmm. Number two, Donnie. We got to go. Brad Pitt. 
another partner in crime from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and the wild card at number three, we're going his best best friend from childhood, Toby Maguire. That's going to make the <laughs> Come big back. four for another round, U.S. style, starring DiCaprio. Let's do it, boys. Come that on. That would be really good. Yeah. <laughs> Little Gatsby vibes with Toby Maguire and uh, Leo. Wow. Mm-hmm. Man, I, I'm, I'm jacked. I'm jacked for it. But at the same time, I also was thinking that another round literally just won, right? Best foreign film. And then you're already deciding. I know usually a foreign film does get bought in the U.S. and it's remade. But it's a little different now because these foreign films are usually hitting streaming and people are aware of this movie. Another Round is one of the top streaming movies on Hulu and it has a dynamite performance that was basically considered an Oscar snub from Mads Mikkelsen, who also knows English, by the way. So he actually (laughs) could have done it. So I just think it's kind of like I love DiCaprio. I think he murdered the role. But I think the timing's a little weird, no? It is, but it, like, look at Parasite. That's getting a series with Mark Ruffalo. Like, that's the weird, same thing. Way. Like, that's and it's in the same universe. I know, Doctor, you always say it's weird. I agree with you, but uh, I think it's just normal now. Like, they're trying. It's like becoming normal. All right. All right. So, uh, I think also the major part of the checkup I want to get to. Uh, I think we're done with DiCaprio. I want to move on. Captain America Four. This is a big deal, too. I think this goes hand-in-hand hand with DiCaprio. Big news in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We had the finale, right, for Falcon the Winter Soldier. They had this suit reveal in the finale. And, dude, Anthony Mackie looks incredible. He looks awesome. Can we agree? Yeah. Agree. Oh, yeah. No, it looks sick. He looks great. He looks insane. Like, when he jumped through yeah. the window and he bows for it, I'm like, that is like, that's like a Deadpool land. He goes, superhero land. Then it was like literally that. And then yeah, like, yeah, they yeah. showed off the costume. Like, honestly, I, I kind of thought they were just going to do, they probably will, a, fa- a Falcon and the Winter Soldier um, second season rather than a Captain America 4 because all of a sudden now he's grouped in with, okay, you're Chris Evans. Like, you're the succeeder. Uh, you're you're going to be succeeding him. So it's kind of interesting that they chose, okay, we're still going to make Captain America 4, kind of loop him into that franchise rather than just like like continuing with the Falcon the Winter Soldier series. Yeah, well, at the end of the last episode of the season, they cha- in the end credits, they changed it from Falcon and the Winter Soldier to Captain America and the Winter Soldier. So they already are like starting to make that transition. Um, but I guess since we're talking about it, just one quick point. I thought the dialogue in this series was terrible. And they're con- in the Captain America 4, they're carrying on the same... Uh, screenwriters not looking forward to that but i am looking forward to seeing more of falcon now becoming captain now is captain america in that sweet white suit that's just it's so sick mm-hmm. he, he it looks amazing and then like the wakanda like wings there mm-hmm. fire. the action sequences were really good in the series so i'm like really excited to see that as well uh just to be clear like i am excited for the movie it's just i thought the dialogue was just written terribly and it's going to be the same Hopefully change, but not looking likely. Have you guys seen the clip of uh, Tom Holland at, uh, I think it's at like Comic-Con or something like that. Um, and then uh, oh, what's the actor that plays, that plays um, Anthony Falcon? Mackie. Anthony Mackie. They, they asked Anthony Mackie if he's seen the new Spider-Man movie and he says no. And then uh, Tom Holland is like, oh, well, you know, I haven't seen the Falcon movie either. Oh. he's like oh. yeah and and they like everybody's like oh <laughs> well you know what tom holland anthony mackie just got his falcon movie let's go and he got a tv show so he's captain america he's, he's captain, captain america. america captain america now let's give it up for captain america <laughs> <laughs> this guy's captain america 
His real name's Clarence. <laughs> Dude, and like I also just want to say, the show I I was a big fan, but at the same time, they didn't wrap up like half the story, like like multiple of the major storylines that came from that show. Yeah. Um, particularly Baron Zemo. I, I want to see more of him. Maybe he'll be in Captain America four. Yeah. Who knows? And, and Wyatt Russell said that uh, he wasn't planning on coming. Like he wasn't planning on continuing his character past this show. Well, it looks like things are changing now. Huh? Well, he no, but that came out today. Like he said that today. Oh yeah, I mean, that, I mean that'd be weird if he doesn't. I know. Like, I'm just saying, like it's just weird to say that the weekend after it comes out. That is strange. All right, that does it for the express checkup with this week. I'm going to throw it over to Nez for our review of the uh, Oscar-nominated film Minari. Thanks, Doctor O. We appreciate your checking us up as usual. Um, yeah, this week's review is Minari, and it is available for rent. For $20 on Prime, YouTube, Apple TV, uh, and we will let you know our opinions on the movie, and you guys can make your decision on whether or not you would like to spend that $20. Um, It's currently rated 98% on Rotten Tomatoes and 7.6 out of 10 on IMDb. It's about a Korean-American family that moves to an Arkansas home in search of its own American dream. Amidst the challenges of this new life, In the strange and rugged Ozarks, they discover an undeniable resilience of family and what really makes a home. So uh, let's just start off here. We'll go around the horn. What are your guys' knee-jerk reactions to this movie, uh, and how do you feel about it having finally seen it? Well, first off, Minari. Like Before even watching this movie, I was like, Minari, that's such a cool title for a movie. I just kind of hooked Mm -hmm. by just the title, you know? I'm judging a book by its cover. This is going to be a cool movie. And it was. It was just a nice classic immigrant story uh, with often uh, or um, with unique, I guess, new details, I guess, like a new type of immigrant story, Um, but still kind of the Mm -hmm. same thing, just with trying to assimilate into American culture and small town in Arkansas and farming and doing it through a church. Like it's kind of similar story, similar themes that you see throughout these immigrant stories and movies. But I thought it was just a beautiful movie. The camera shots of the farm and the nature that they are living around. There's just natural beauty around. It was really nice and really just pleasurable to watch it's on your screen. And then just finally the score I thought was very good. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I don't know if it was nominated or not. I know it, it, was. it was. Yeah. Good. Cause that ending with the score, you really felt mm-hmm. it there. Um, I made sure it was nominated. I kept checking. This better be nominated. For <laughs> All right, good. <laughs> it's fire. Because, Dr. O, I, was, I guess I'll pass it on to you with this. Like, you watched this movie before me, and I, like, wasn't done with it yet. But you are asking me if I watched it, and he said, you have to finish it. So, yeah. Dr. O, like, your thoughts on the movie. Yeah, I, th- I agree 100%. It's a beautiful movie. It is a beautiful movie, but also has an underlying intensity to it. Um, it's got a lot of family tension, a lot of pressure on the dad, pressure on mm-hmm. taking care of the family. And he kind of gets it's a, kind of the story of kind of the, uh, the American dream and how that can kind of, like, skew – uh, your other responsibilities and like you are so obsessed with like becoming and be like this success story you don't you want to be uh you don't want to be a failure to your kids to your family especially with like korean uh descent and like you they obviously have very much a lot of pride like in bringing success to their family you hear about steven yoon's character how he took care of all his siblings before he took care of his own family but score phenomenal acting phenomenal um, Steven Yoon, very deserving. And I thought, obviously, Young, Su- Young, Young, Young Jung Soo, Young, shoot, what is it again? 
Um, Young Jung Yoon. Young Jung Yoon. Sorry, yes. apologies. The grandma. But I thought she brought some levity, obviously, to a very tense family. That yes. parents that talk about divorce times. Yeah, I guess we're gonna switch over to the performances. I guess we'll start with her. I thought she was good. Uh, like I could. It was a tough, tough. I, I guess I would say I would put her in my top five performances of the year for uh, woman actresses, lead actresses. Mm. I think she was. I like. I thought Billy Holiday, U.S. versus Billy Holiday, was a bad movie, and even though Andre Day did well in her first full feature film, I thought. Huh, I don't know how to pronounce her name, but I thought in this movie Han whatever um, was very good and would would be deserving. Um, but going back to the grandma Young Jung Un, like she just brought a different like t- the the movie was so tense, right? But she's the grandma that doesn't bake. She swears. She steals from the church. Like she's just trying to like be a playful grandma, playing cards, calling the like swearing at the kids like in a fun way, not real uptight. It's just like that's what you needed. That's why she's getting this recognition. Like she just did such a good job bringing up this different element to the movie because a movie is so tense, but then she makes it really enjoyable to watch. So I thought that that's why I really loved her and why she really deserved an Oscar, mm. at least for me. I mean, I, I think I like personally, I really liked her character also because of the context of it. Cause she is right from Korea. She, her husband died in the Korean war. All of a sudden she's an immigrant to America. Like these people are killed like her husband and like has not treated her family well. So like to see her bring levity like to the family, but also she understands the context around them. Like maybe we shouldn't be uh, like maybe making a God, being so tight with these uh, with these americans right and that's she's a little like more like hands off like that uh so i thought she was awesome though and i i, I kind of saw the foreshadowing for the end of the movie but more than deserving of an oscar win and like uh yeah i, I think she's just more than deserving uh, one thing i want to talk about we brought up the performance from young jung yoon but i also want to talk about alan kim the little kid i brought up from the oscars i want to talk about the dynamic between the grandma and obviously uh, Alan Kim in the movie. Okay. So Flex, what did you think about how their interactions and what do you think it did for the movie? Yeah. Like it kind of goes back to what I was saying about young Jung and uh, just the, their interactions really made it in such so, this movie so enjoyable to watch, not just the natural beauty of it, but this also this storyline between the two of them, their connection, the, the boy, uh, no spoilers, but the boy's saying, you're not a real grandma. And she's just like not caring, like cares about the boy, but like saying, I am who I am. Um, and just really just their, 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 uh, their connection throughout the movie really uh, brought a really great storyline to watch. And it mm-hmm. really just showed Lee Isaac Chun's overall theme of the movie at the end uh, with, with the actual Minari and the togetherness of yeah. the family. And particularly that storyline really symbolized that not just the obviously the headline one with the marriage this goes along with the beauty of the movie you bring up the minari and who brought the minari who's growing it it's the grandma right and so you have steven yoon growing all of these crops trying to take care of his family but the minari grandma's growing it with right david the young kid right, right. i believe it's david is that right yes david so Six they, year old. they are growing the minari and it turns into something beautiful and all these bad things are happening with steven yoon's crops and then at the end of the movie who is going to grow the minari with david steven yoon right a man who's mm-hmm. been intense the entire movie's only been obsessed with his work he's understanding that it's more about obviously you want to do well for your family but you can't forget about your family and it seemed like he didn't really understand that and this the ending was a bit ambiguous 
because like you don't really know like because obviously they talked about not staying together then they do like like it seems like they might be staying together and obviously it has a very chaotic ending so uh, flex were you a fan of like how they kind of how uh lee isaac chung kind of brought it to uh ahead right in the final act i was a huge fan i thought it was perfect if I'm being honest, it really took you back and forth between what's going to happen and what's expected to happen. And then when the unexpected happens, it kind of goes back to that levity of the whole movie, the beauty, nature, the grandma, the Minari, just having that common theme throughout the movie where, Hey, it can be Liazzi Chung was saying how Minari can be planted in like bad dirt, but then, and in second season, it can grow back. Like that's the whole point of this mm. movie. The family's struggling in their first year. And then hopefully the second year will be just like the Minari growing uh, in rich soil or something like that. I don't know. I'm not a real gardener, but you know what I mean? I think it's a beautiful, un- like it's got, it's literally visibly beautiful, but then the theme, it's a met. Yeah. Well, that's like, a, it, it, the Minari is- plant is supposed to be a connection to, it's basically a foreign plant coming into rough soil and planting its seeds and growing, just like the family is coming. Right. Makes sense. Yeah. Another thank country you, planting its seeds and growing themselves. But I also think one thing I want to comment on as well is the fact that uh, I don't think it's just an immigrant, um, you know, issue when it comes to people overlooking their family. I think it's just an American issue. I think it's it's very common in stories, you know, outside of immigrant stories. But, um, you know, how many times have we seen or just heard of people that are so invested in, in the American dream or just American capitalism and in greed in general, where their family dynamics kind of get shifted over over being obsessed with their work, because that's kind of how we are as a people. And, and it's 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 kind of it's it's definitely something that's an apparent in immigrants, because it's like when you're when you move to a new country and you start fresh obviously like you got to do whatever you can but i think it's also just an american ideal and an issue in general yeah dude i 100 percent agree I, I i teach a sociology course and you know i just thought of it's more of like people have different ways to approach uh the means by which to attain goals in society and people like we either might go the right way uh follow the rules do the right thing and then maybe not achieve goals just because they don't have the opportunity people take shortcuts to achieve that goal right but they have they end up losing a lot because of it that's a big like theme in warren scorsese films if we look at wolf of mm-hmm. wall street goodfellas so it's yeah. like they they Good achieve point. high success they make all this money they're wealthy but there comes all these problems with it so it's it's like and then you see this in the movie with steven yoon like he's using like the the town water, not his water. Like he's like sneaking in. You guys remember that scene? Yep. So he's like he's like kind of like taking shortcuts, and eventually, like obviously, it comes like oh, it's almost like a sense of karma when eventually it all goes to crap. And they mm. also foreshadow the entire time that this grandma does not have the best relationship with Stephen Yoon, and then uh, eventually, um, uh, obviously, the end happens. I'm not going to spoil it, but like it's something that's been foreshadowed the entire like film mm-hmm. right. so that's a great point ness i love it um i really want uh, oh, do you have something to say flex sorry no no go ahead oh, okay uh, so i i wanted to bring up really quick uh will Patton. i remember the titans buddy who's carrying the cross on his back for a half a they're not gonna um, gain another yard <laughs> <laughs> Tonight they'll remember <laughs> the night they played the Titans. Nah, but he was so damn weird in this movie. He was so weird. He the Exorcist out, stuff, right? And, like, a, oh, like I, I, I would not feel safe bringing that guy into my trailer. Man, 
Yeah, that, but I thought he like he was good. Like I thought he was good. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was shocking. I was just like I I I never thought I'd see this guy this again in this light. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't even gonna say it in light. Ricky's like, I don't think I ever see him again. <laughs> like in a movie or a show. Like, I, I, I bet he's been in twenty four. Like, what has he been in? I think he's been in like TV shows or something. But I haven't seen him in any prominent films or even like mediocre films in recent memory. I just know so, him as Ned Yost. Ned Yost. But yeah, like I actually thought he was good in this movie. Obviously, a little weird. But right. yeah, I thought he was good. A good uh, little mix between the tense moments, like I was saying, and then the lightheartedness, grandmother. Absolutely. And then, well, I know this takes place during like the Reagan presidency, 1980s. Okay. Major conservative at the time in the United States. I really also want to talk about um, Mountain Dew because <laughs> Mountain yeah. Dew is everywhere in this movie. And it's hilarious because uh, I mean, they, the David is drinking the Mountain Dew or it's the daughter. And then uh, she's drinking and the grandma's asking, what is that? It's like, it's mountain water. Dad says it's good for you. <laughs> and like literally just keep drinking Mountain Dew the entire time. And this goes to like the myth of what Mountain Dew was back in the day. Right. Like our, our, our grandfather, Grandpa Walt, shout out. I know he listens to the pod every once in a while. Hopefully he hears this one. But he, used, he, he never thought Mountain Dew was good for you. But he used to drink it like instead of coffee. And he was just loved it. It was so good. And I, I kind of don't blame him. I would do the same thing. But I, like, I've kind of like got off the coffee uh, grind. But pun intended. But <laughs> I need to say Mountain Dew. I thought I kind of like that. Because that kind of like East, I guess like 80s Easter egg. Yeah. Uh, it was cool. The the 80s nostalgia was cool in this movie. The hats, the style. It was cool. I'll say that. The TV and the weather reports and everything like that. Mm-hmm. It, it did capture it. Yes. I like the clothes, too. It matched perfectly. Yes, for sure. All right. So I guess that does it for most of our thoughts on Minari. I think it's time to throw out some scores. What do you guys say? Let's do it. So, Flicks, what, what are you giving this movie out of 100? Yeah, like great meaning, great overall story, family togetherness. Like you heard us talk about it here. Um, the Menard being like the medicine for the family for David at first, but then ended up being the medicine for the family. Like no spoilers. I'm going to go 94. I, I, I really do think it was just a great story, a beautiful, just a, beautiful to watch. And really, we talked about upcoming actors during the Oscars. Stephen Yeun is is the highlight of them in my eyes or one of the highlights with daniel kaluuya and also if you haven't checked out invincible he's the lead voice actor in that check that out asap on amazon prime mark grayson mark grayson i'm uh i'm gonna give this an 84 i enjoyed it i like the story i like the grandma she's awesome in this movie um but i i think it's just in terms of rewatchability i don't know if it's quite there for me um and it's it just not as action-packed as, as a movie. I mean, listen, I'm not, I'm sorry. I'm just giving you my reasons why it's so much lower than I think your guys's are going to be mm-hmm. because I just know, I know, you know, how critically acclaimed it is. I know how good of a movie it is, but I just know I probably won't be watching this again. 84 better than Mank though. <laughs> 84 from Naz. I'm going to go 95. I'm going to one up Ricky flicks here. Wow. I think this is, this was along with promising young woman, my favorite movie to come out in the last calendar year. Like, I think it was that good. Uh, it was obviously beautiful. The acting's amazing. The themes are amazing. Uh, it looks great. 
score is amazing literally i can't say a bad thing about this movie has a couple lulls obviously it's a Mm -hmm. it's a very intense film though so even the lulls you're like just you're 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 breathing i'm entranced by the acting you know i'm just like i'm way (laughs) yeah exactly but uh yes i'm going to 95 i i I really love this movie i thought it was it really was going to win best picture over nomadland i would have watched this 10 times out of 10 over no no oh yeah yeah like looking back close looking back on this calendar year and like rewatching a couple of these movies like I would say, like my favorite movie was *Promise a Young Woman* by far, mm-hmm. but like I think the best movie that I watched this year. Again, I haven't seen *The Father*, but the best movie was this one. I think it was extremely well done. So that does it for our review of *Minari*. Let's throw it over to Ricky Flex for top bill. Thank you, Doctor Rowe. In honor of Oscars week, we have the top billing of Oscar snubs. Also because of the Chadwick Boseman. That was uh, kind of crazy. So this is like, oh, this is kind of perfect to do here. So top billing of Oscar snubs. Snake draft style per usual with five picks each. Once a role or movie is picked, it's off the board. Now, we have categories for this draft. We have the Oscar snubs for best picture. An actor, so an actor, an actress. So it could be either a supporting actor, actor, actress, or a lead actor and actress could be either one of those two director and miscellaneous miscellaneous is just anything besides the four categories mentioned above. So miscellaneous cannot be best picture an actor award, an actress award or director. Okay. And to be clear, your pick is what you think should have won for that category in the Oscars for that year. Not like, oh, this should have been nominated or, oh, like this is better than the movie that was, that did win, but this one should have won. Like it had to, you, you are saying that movie or actor or whatever should have won the Oscar. Any questions before we go in? Doctor, I'll start with you. I don't have any questions. I just, uh, I got a weird board. This is the weirdest board I've ever had. And I can't wait to get to my miscellaneous picks. I think it's going to bring the house down. <laughs> Nez, thoughts, strategies, questions? I'm ready to go. Um, board's a little thin at certain areas, but I think we're going to be okay. Yeah, certain areas are thin. I, I think there's some clear clear options, but also like I think this can get a little funky. Okay, especially like it's a little subjective as well, obviously, but this could get a little funky. So, Nez, how about you start us off here for the top billing of best Oscar snubs? It will go for you, Ricky Flicks, then Dr. Rowe, and then we'll snake draft back in the second round and third, fourth, and so on. So Nez, start us off. Well, upon doing my uh, my research here, I I the, I was just really really shocked, and um, I'm going with going with 1972 Stanley Kubrick, not best director for for Clockwork or Clockwork Orange, actually only winning one. I, I, I guess I won't tease any picks here, but he's only won one Oscar in his entire life, and it was not Best Director or Best Picture. Mm. Absolutely insane. It was, oh, my gosh. So I, I'm going with 1972 Stanley Kubrick not winning Best Director for Clockwork Orange because that is an all-time movie, and Stanley Kubrick is one of the top directors of all time. Top three for me, and, and maybe my favorite, honestly. No, 
Yeah, you're a Full Metal Jacket guy. You love that movie. I'm Full Metal Jacket. Have you seen 2001 A Space Odyssey? Yeah. <laughs> we would I, not have sci-fi as we know it today if we did not have 2001 A Space Odyssey. I have a confession. Scott never went... What? I appreciate what uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey did. I understand its importance. I hate that movie. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? I hate that movie. I fell, I, fell, I fell asleep in class watching it. I fall asleep every time I watch it at my house. It's a very I, long movie. I'll I, give you that. I can't stay awake during it. But and I know it's, it's important. Like very like when when he's like alone on the on the uh, on the spacecraft. It's very, yeah. It is. It does get very. I could see somebody falling asleep during that because it's very mm-hmm. like a lot of silence. Just like, and it's like slow know. motion with yeah. the silence. So it's yeah, like but oh. the ending. The ending is like, nuts. Boo, 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 boo. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, you're yeah, right. You're like, right. In, that was like Interstellar for like people in the nineties. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh <laughs> yeah. my God. Yes. Yeah. But. Wow. Okay. But I'm just saying we don't have Interstellar if we don't have 2001: mm-hmm. Space Odyssey. And, and Clockwork Orange was revolutionary, but I think it might have been too intense for a lot of people. And I think that was, that was probably the issue. I think it was a little bit too intense for the early 1970s, and people were not about it. I think it's still too intense it. now. But in, yeah, well, actually, yeah, it's very intense. You're right. It is a little too intense now. But what I'm saying is, doesn't mean it's not deserving of an award. And I think that you know everything about that movie, like like the cinematography and every people still like like relate to that shot of him in that little club with the little with the in the set design with the tables. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, 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 it's insane. It's insane. So the fact that he didn't win anything for that, and, and he's only won he only won one Oscar. Absolutely ridiculous. Shame, Doctor O. You like it at one one? No. <laughs> but I, I respect the move. Okay. Like, I, like, like, I, like I do like the I personal one. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of like it. Like, I think. No, I, I mean, I, no, no, no. I like. I'm not saying it's a bad pick. Like, I know mm-hmm. it's a personal preference. I'm just saying, like, if I had the one one, I wasn't going to go with that one. I'm not a Kubrick guy. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have either. But I, I, I don't mind going one one. I think it's. I, what one I do not... instead? Hmm. Sorry. What, what one instead? Oh yeah. The French Connection. Oh, oh. <laughs> that's a great movie. Oh, I love that. Movie. Stop. That's a but, stop but... in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It is subjective. All right. Now I'm up. Ricky Flicks. Okay. We talked about areas. There's some of these categories are a little thin. I think the actress category is a little thin. Oh, don't do this to me. I don't know if this is going to be the one. I'm de- I've debated between these three all day, particularly the top two. But I'm going to pick Lorraine Bracco from uh, Goodfellas. She wa- she did not get Best Supporting Actress. Whoopi Bo- Goldberg got it for Ghost. I think in Goodfe- Goodfellas is such a terrific film. And obviously all the performances around it, Ray Liotta, De Niro, Pesci. But she just really brought it with Ray Liotta. And I think that this is just like one where I thought like looking at snubs, this is one that I was just perplexed with that she didn't win over Whoopi Goldberg here. So I'm going to go with that. I know it's not necessarily like a first rounder for like all time snubs, but based on like value here, strategic thinking, I want it now before maybe Dr. Rowe gets it on the snake. Okay. I mean, I love, I love good fellas. I think she's awesome in that movie. So like, I'm, I'm not going to hate on the pick. Definitely a strategy move for sure. I'm a big fan of ghost myself. I used to watch that all the time. Ghost to- is good. Used to watch that with my mom all the time. That that sh- that movie was always on Wii, the Wii Network. So I would watch it with my mom <laughs> when we were doing chores. <laughs> Love that. All right, Doctor Rowe, back to back picture. Okay, I'm gonna start off with director. 
and I'm going to go with Goodfellas again over Dances with Wolves, 1991, right? 1990, 1991 Oscars. Uh, people forget Scorsese didn't win a Best Director until The Departed in 2006. Scorsese is literally the goat and he didn't win till 06 and goodfellas is uh, it's arguably his like his masterpiece and he didn't win it over kevin costner who won best picture as well right so they gave costner best director and best picture over goodfellas right so goodfellas i gotta go with scorsese as director and then i'm gonna go with movie and i'm gonna go saving private ryan over shakespeare and love like that's a joke that yeah. Private, Private Ryan lost off to that movie. Like, like the, there are some cringe moments in Shakespeare and Love where it's like it's and like honestly, you're going against the greatest war movie that's ever been created, the most realistic war movie that's ever been created. It's some of the mm-hmm. most intense action in the history of cinema, and you chose like Ben Affleck dressed in a freaking skirt, who's like most annoying character in the history of movies. So I'm gonna go with uh, first round pick is Scorsese. For director and then second, same Private Ryan over Shakespeare and Love. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's on my. Uh, let, let me just go start with Saving Private Ryan. It's on my big board. I'll tell you that right now. That 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 that's just an egregious, egregious snub. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Like um, I I watched. I literally just watched the opening scene for fun the other day. I was with Ricky Flex, and he's like, like he 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 literally just heard like the sea going onto the beaches of Normandy. I was gonna. I was literally gonna say this. Like, and he goes like, "Saving." That's all he says. And I'm like, "Yep." <laughs> you know, it's it's it, and then it also hits my blog of all time uh, movies to watch in school. Oh yeah, oh yes, yeah. yes, um, yeah. No, I I think this is uh, the biggest Oscar or the most prominent snub in Oscar history. Like everyone always thinks, oh, how like hard the campaign the, the Harvey Weinstein did for this for Shakespeare in Love to win this award. Ooh. Yes, obviously, yes, very anti Weinstein. Um, so everyone always refers to this movie as like the premier snub. Um, yeah. So I think this is the best Oscar snub and you, a great phenomenal pick. No, that's what I, that's, it, it, look, well, it looks even worse now. It looks even worse. Yes. It because that's terrible. one of the notable things is that Harvey Weinstein was like campaigning like crazy to get this thing in Oscar. Yeah. And now when you look back at it, it's like, damn, like this guy had a lot of pull. Like it's really, it's, it, I mean, he's a disgusting human being and he really just had like a lot of pull in Hollywood. It's insane. It's insane that this won. It should not have won. Yeah. It should not have won. This yeah. is why I hate when people campaign, campaign for Oscar, Oscars, period. Just stop campaigning. Stop yeah. pandering. I would never pander. Mm, not okay. even win a top billing. <laughs> never pander. Never. All right. Speaking of pandering, not pandering here. I have said before that this man might be the greatest actor ever. I don't think so. I'm just saying I have said people do oh, say that. Here we go. Okay. Saving Private Ryan might be the biggest Oscar snub, but this is second. Denzel for Malcolm X, 1993. You have brought this up multiple times. Mm, you have. Denzel, right. if I didn't get this, this would look bad for my brand. This would look <laughs> bad. This movie, I necessarily didn't. I, I really liked the movie. Three hours long. It shows Malcolm X literally from a uh, like an eighteen year old uh, until the day he dies, and Denzel does it all himself and does it masterfully. This is his best performance by far, and he didn't get an Oscar for it. It's absolutely ridiculous. I did love love the performance that we did win in, uh, here, which is Al Pacino in *Sense of a Woman*. 
but they only gave that to him because yeah. they only gave that to him because he never won an Oscar before. He didn't win for Dog of the Afternoon, not, not for The Godfather, one or two, uh, in supporting or leading. He didn't win for like, sir, like he didn't win for anything. So like they had to give it to him in case this was the last time. Right. It's kind of, but Denzel deserved this. I, I I have a comparison for this that I want to make during uh, honorable mentions because I think I have one that is pretty fitting, um, in terms of like I think. Pacino played such a like a likable character. I like like it was just like you were rooting so hard for him, and you know, you know the career he had. It's like you're obviously trying to honor it. Malcolm X, Denzel is kind of a newcomer on the scene, right? A Spike Lee joint. It's like it it just didn't have like the I guess the pull. Like if he played Malcolm X like in 2000, probably wins the Oscar, right? Yeah, it's early on in his career. But you're right. against Pacino, it's tough, and you know, and he he was due to get one, his only one. And Denzel just got one for Glory, uh, three years earlier. Oh, he got one earlier. Yeah, okay. So he already had an Oscar. So they're like, oh, like typical Ooh. Oscars. Like, was that 98? When was Glory? That? No, 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 Malcolm X. No, a 93 Oscar. Uh, 93. 93 Oscar? Or, yeah, or 94 Oscars. Okay, okay, sorry. I was just yeah. asking. I just don't remember. Yep, but, uh, th- so I got my number one for actresses and actor. Um, I don't know if they're your ones, but I'm, I I like where I'm at right now, even though I think your guys' picks have been great. And Nez, finish off the second round for us here. All right, to finish off the second round, I'm going to with my um, actress snub. Um, and this one is, I think it's personal just in general. Um, that this person hasn't gotten one, but I'm going to go, I guess, I, you know, I have to pick a movie specifically. So I'm going to go with Amy Adams in The Fighter. She was nominated for uh, lead actress in a supporting role, I believe. And yeah, yeah. I believe I can't Melissa Leo won in the same movie. Yeah, nuts, nuts, nuts. Amy Adams, <laughs> The Fighter. Any comments on there before I move on to it's my fascin- – I'm back-to-back, back, right? Okay. It's fascinating mm-hmm. that she lost to someone in her own movie. Melissa Leo is more like – they're both hard-nosed characters, but she's almost like got more recognition because she's more brash. Like like they're both hard-nosed, but she's just like such like a hater that <laughs> like she became like the favorite for that category. I know mm-hmm. she had a pretty kick uh, – a pretty good uh, Oscar speech, um, but I think I agree, man. I think Amy Adams is – a premier actress and she's been nominated what five times six times already yeah. and got, has gotten nothing she's like one of the best in the game it's like kind of reminiscent of like if you want to do the male counterpart it's like it's like dicaprio like mm. missing out every time and they've like around the same age missing out on those oscars uh throw back to catch me if you can Good she's just she's yeah. just gotta you know yeah spend uh, th- six weeks in the freezing cold and cut and cut and open a bear and sleep inside of it it's not a big deal <laughs> Got to do. Yeah, she really, really got to go above and beyond here. She's a uh, zero for six in Oscar noms, uh, and she did not get nominated for Arrival, twenty seventeen Oscars, twenty sixteen movie. movie. But she was phenomenal in that. That's my favorite yeah. role she's ever done. Didn't even get a nomination. Yeah. Didn't even get a nomination for that. She's gonna be in the Woman in the Window, a uh, future review. Near future. Review. I have no idea if that's gonna be good. That's the cast been, is pretty good, though. I know, but did you? But like the the reason why we're reviewing this is not only because it's Amy Adams, Gary Oldman, but like, did you like the reason why is like they sent it out to screeners to like test audiences, and oh. they hated it, and they had to re-edit the whole thing. Oh boy! So it was the pushback was already happening before even the pandemic pushed everything, like delayed everything. Gotcha. So like, oh, I'm so a little worried for this contender? movie. 
Was this supposed to be like an awards contender? You, when this got announced, like this movie was happening and the cast was announced, everyone was. It, it like, is a little suspect that an awesome. Amy Adams drama is being released like three weeks after the Oscars. That is suspect. Yes. It's true. But, Nez, your third pick. All right. My third pick here is a best picture snub. Ooh. And this best picture snub. I'm going with the social network. Flix is giving me the evil eye right now. Um, I just want to say that I almost picked this first overall just to get on Ricky Flix's nerves. I would have felt better if you did that. I waited. I waited. He hesitated. He continued to hesitate. And it was up for grabs. So I'm going with the social network. I mean, it's just an absolutely great movie, deserving of Best Picture. The writing's incredible, cinematography, the acting, everything top to bottom is great. And um, I don't know why they didn't win. Uh, Flicks, what are your thoughts? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I uh, think I should have picked this one earlier. Uh, Yeah, that's just my fault. Phenomenal pick. A few best picture winners, like a few major snubs. So, yeah, this was high on my list too, for sure. I overthought. I overstrategized. That's what it comes down to now. I thought I was (laughs) going to be able to get this. this I, I, I I thought like, oh, I was doing everything right. I'm being a value drafter. I'm doing the right things. I mean, don't pick up your suitcase yet, man. We still got we got half a draft to go. I I know. I'm still in this. I'm just saying, like, I really wanted that one. It's my favorite. I think it's my favorite movie of the 2010s. So, like, I watched it twice this week. Oh I really God. wanted that one. It's wow, okay. I watched it. I, I've actually watched it pretty recently, too. And I'll, or I'll, I'll look up clips on YouTube, too, sometimes. I'm definitely mm-hmm. not a bigger social network fan than you. I'm, I'm not trying to claim that. But I am a big social network fan. I'm doing okay. Dr. O, <laughs> any last thoughts on this before we move on? No. <laughs> okay. Well, if, if if there's no podcast next week, it's it's the it's because of this pick. If, if the drive-in is just canceled, I just want everybody listening to know that. Well, all right. Well, both of you have picked director already and best picture, so I'm going to wait to do those for my fourth and fifth pick. What I'm going to do is going to di- I'm going to dive into the miscellaneous category. I'm going to dive in. I have I don't I this is so long for me because obviously it's so many awards that you could pick from. I'm going to go off the beaten path and not do a movie. Oh, wow. What? This is shocking. I was going to write down what I thought you were going to guess. Oh, dang. Well, oh, well, we'll say it after. Say it after. For honorable mentions. Um, I'm write this down just in case. Yeah, just in case. Write, write it down. I'm picking a documentary, and it's Morgan Spurlock's Supersize Me. <laughs> wow. That nice. documentary no, changed the world. That's true. Changed the world and was dominated in 2005. Lost to Born into Brothels. Wow. Let me oh, wow. tweet at me or the pod if uh, at the driving pod on Twitter or at Ricky Flix if you've seen that. Um, but Supersize Me changed the world and the most popular restaurant chain in the world. Like it's mm-hmm. ridiculous how this lost. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, remember, docs- I, I mean, I've watched this in, in health class. I watched this at like. Like everybody, everybody, every adult who had an influence in a kid's life was like, watch this, 
watch this. You like McDonald's? Watch Super Size Me. <laughs> <laughs> like they're like just shoving it down your throat. They're like, look at it. Look at this. You got to finish that. This is how they now, get you. Huh? <laughs> yeah. And and, it's, it scares the crap out of you. Yeah. And Dr. Rowe, you just did a blog on like movies that you watch in school. Like this had to be on in that. Absolutely. It's a, it's, a, it's a health class movie you watch in the eighth grade. And instead of doing like hood rat stuff with your friends and then going to McDonald's, you say, okay, let's just go home and make PB&Js. You know, it just made, yeah. made you rethink your life for three weeks. You let's know? get a salad. Yeah. <laughs> it's made us like, maybe we don't go to the drive through today. You know, maybe we don't go into McDonald's. But yeah, it's a great pick. It did change the world for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, off to you, Dr. O, back to back, back to back picks here. This is a joke. I'm getting this in the third round. I'm about to have a murderer's row. I'm going with best supporting actor, Samuel Jackson for Pulp Fiction. Who you got? Nice. Hey, you know who won oh, that wow. year for uh, who? best that best Martin actor? Landau. Martin Landau for Ed Wood. Martin Landau for Ed Wood. Yes, I know Ed Wood is kind of like. I mean, I, I I've heard good famous things. actor I, too. Martin Landau, yes, older right than Samuel L. And Samuel, obviously, he was like new on the scene. Right, it was his first movie with Tarantino. It was the blossoming of an amazing relationship. But when you think of like electric characters in Pulp Fiction, who is full of such eccentric, um, oddball people, like you have Jules is probably like the most fascinating to see. And uh, I mean, I, I get it, Landau. I bet I don't know if he's won before. I know he's older than um, Samuel Jackson. I'm not, I wasn't born yet at that time. But to think that he lost to this guy who I barely heard of, and Ed Wood is like kind of it's nowhere near like the at the success rate of a Pulp Fiction or didn't last like the test of time, like Pulp Fiction did. I think that's a steal. I'm getting that in the third round. Yeah, that's a steal. That's, that was number three on my big board for ask, uh, actor snubs. Um, Martin Landau, like he was nominated twice before in 89 and 90 uh, for a couple movies. And he's like a f- famous actor in, back in the day, but like, this is just a clear snub. Like every, I think it feels, it's just what you were saying. Like he was coming on the scene the Academy probably thought, oh, he's going to be in a lot more uh, prominent movies co- moving forward. Like, he's going to get his, his Oscar soon. We still haven't seen it in 2021. Dang. It's coming. It's coming. All right, your fourth pick, Dr. O. I'm going to go actress. And this is more of a personal pick, but also she just straight up should have won. It's Rosamund Pike for Gone Girl uh, in 2014, I want to say. Maybe I think it was 2015 or 2014. 2015 Oscars. Yeah. And who won that year? Julianne Moore for Still Alice. I mean, come, like, are you kidding me? Like, what the hell is Still Alice? I'm like, I'm a movie, a movie podcast. I'm not really sure what Still Alice is. I, I think I kind of have to watch it to see. But I know Rosamund Pike, no one was out acting her during that year. There was no one that was at that level. It was so good, right? Whoever produced I Care A Lot came up to her and said, I need you to do that again. And guess what? She delivered again a great performance, basically a shell of right what she did in Gone Girl. Gone Girl, one of the greatest twists in a movie in recent memory. Mm-hmm. And that, a, lot of that perfor- a lot of that movie was obviously carrying on her shoulders, not Ben Affleck's. It's like really her because she's like literally the – she's like the attitude of the movie. And it's like she is like an absolute psychopath. And you really don't see where like that third act is coming. Excellent work from David Fincher. I have to go Rosamund Pike for my fourth rounder. Great pick on my board as well. Great pick. Like, what a performance. Don't know that. Not, obviously, I didn't see who that movie and that performance that did win. I don't even remember what you said who won. Great pick. Uh, so Julianne Moore for Still Alice. Oh, Julianne Moore. But I still haven't seen the movie. Yeah, uh, Julianne Moore's okay. I think she's a bit overrated, but 
I, I mean, Big Lebowski, great, and like obviously, like kids are all right. All these Can't other change. movies that are, they're yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's like she is devoted to the Oscar game, and I don't always associate with her at the same time. It's kind of weird. Like that's she yeah. has some misses. Mm-hmm. Well, good pick. Now off to me for my fourth pick. I'm gonna go best picture here. You both have a best picture pick, so this will be the last in this category. I think you both think I'm going to take this movie, but I just, for the sake of the draft, I don't want to keep repeating this movie. And I think I'll just say it. Goodfellas, I'm not going to pick it. But just for the sake of the draft, I'm not going to pick it. But I'm going to pick in 1996, Braveheart 1. And it's considered one, it's one of the worst best pictures ever, people say. I'm going to pick a movie that year that wasn't even nominated for an Oscar that should have won. Wow. Seven. Seven should have won. Dr. Rowe, I know this is kind of like you're on the seven, seven train. I love Thoughts. Seven. Seven's one of my favorite movies ever made. I've said the podcast at least four or five times. It's like Fincher at his best. Um, like I just talked about Gone Girl. Like like Gone Girl wouldn't have like I mean, I, I can't imagine that movie gets made like in the same way without seven. Like, and that's also like a darker buddy cop movie and like all these buddy cop movies you think of like these comedies right you think of lethal weapon but this is like no we're getting dark here and it was violent it was gruesome it was hard to watch but and like i mean the third act the final scene is one of my favorite scenes to rewatch, even though you know it's coming it's suspense it's it's like the suspense that fincher builds is all time i i i I, it's a great pick i didn't know that wasn't even nominated what the hell you know how many uh how many awards it was nominated for? One. One. Damn, I'm so good at guessing, and, dude. I did this in the pre-show and, yesterday. And <laughs> do you know how many – I'll say this movie because no one else is going to pick it because you already have your best pictures. Fight Club, another Fincher movie, 99, 2000 mm-hmm. Oscars. Do you know how many Oscars that was nominated for? Zero. One. They're both <laughs> nominated for the same thing, best film editing. Uh, Interesting. Editing? Now, wow. let me ask you and guys a question. obviously both lost. Better, better quote, better quote. Which one is, is your better? Is, is, do you prefer or would you rather say you could take our lives, but you could not take our freedom or what's in the box? I like some box. <laughs> Come on. What's in the box? I don't know. I'm a big what's in the box guy, man. I love that scene. Are it's you one of my favorites. No, you I don't. No, no. They're two different. They're two different. They're two, like the quote that se- itself is way better. But you could never take our freedom. <laughs> That was an all-time scene. <laughs> That's a great question. I'm going with Braveheart on that one. That's just me. All right, Nez, last pick of the fourth round. All right, well, going with my last pick of the fourth round, I got back-to-backs over here. I hear people stirring around because they heard upstairs because they heard me screaming like a maniac. But anyways, <laughs> um, to close out the fourth round, I'm going to go with somebody that I think was absolutely snubbed. And that's Christian Bale in Vice. Um, he lost to Rami Malek in Bohemian Rhapsody, I believe, right? Uh, a completely, absolutely overrated movie and performance. I mean, Rami Malek didn't even sing all of the, all of the Queen songs. No. Somebody else was helping him with that. Why do you get best actor for that? That's ridiculous. Christian Bale was unrecognizable as Dick Cheney. He put on so much weight, and he did such a good job. I just think that's a that's a big personal snub, snub in my opinion. I don't know how you guys feel. 
Bale's a, chame- a chameleon. Like, you know, like he literally wasn't recognizable. You would look forward to see whatever role he does because, you know, he's just going to get lost in it. Like kind of how Joaquin was joking about getting immersed in a character. So I like the pick. I actually had a different actor from the same year on my board. I had Bradley Cooper for oh. Um, oh. Uh, Star is Born. But I don't blame you for taking Christian Bale. Like, I love him and everything he does. Like, he, to me, it's him and DiCaprio. They're in a league of their own. Obviously, Daniel Day-Lewis is a little different. He's like a he does movie every few years. But in terms of like consistent work and like the amount of success, Christian Bale, DiCaprio, they're one too. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess I'll just say something here. Um, since everyone's done actor now, I believe, yes. Um, Christian Bale was number two on my big board for a different role. American Psycho. Mm. Oh, that was a good. He did I, good. He did really well in that. Too. Yeah, I think he should have won for that. Um, good pick. Your he, last he, pick now. Did he even get nominated? Uh, no. For American Psycho. American Psycho didn't get any award nominations. Okay. Interesting for uh, Oscars specifically. Um, my last and final pick. I'm going with the miscellaneous baby, and I'm going with uh, a snub in 2012 best animated feature, and that's the Lorax, an all time <laughs> story baby, an all time story, and it lost to Rango. Rango? Are you freaking kidding me? The Lorax tells a beautiful story about climate change, you know, caring about your environment, responsibility, <laughs> corporate greed. It teaches these kids such incredible stuff. And you know what? It's funny. I've seen it. I've watched it with my nieces. It's great. It's a great animated feature. Great movie. Absolutely snubbed. Absolutely snubbed. 2012 best animated feature, The Lorax. Dude, I, I do like The Lorax. <laughs> It's all time. I do like that movie a lot. Flex, you're a fan. I uh, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. I'm uh, I'm you know, it's a good, it's good. It's, it's Jim Carrey, right? It's a good movie. I don't. Who's uh, who is it? Carell? Who is it? Who's the uh, Lorax? It's someone. Hold Shoot. on. Let's find the cast. Who is right Jim now. Carrey? I don't think it's. Is it? Or is he in in the movie? Oh, man, I'm thinking Horton. Zach Efron, Ed Helms, Danny DeVito. Yeah, you are. You are, definitely. Ah, dang it. Yeah, it's, uh, the Lorax is a cool character, though. Like, the mustache, like, the orange. Like, he's a cool yeah. character. I know what it yeah. is. I know what it is now. Yeah. On Netflix, if you guys want to watch. Um, but, okay, that rounds out your draft. Uh, mm-hmm. Ricky Flicks, myself, is now up. I have just – what do I have left? I don't even know. A director left. Oh. Oh man, this is actually tough. All my top three are still here. Um, really? I'm just gonna do it. I'm picking Quentin Tarantino for Pulp Fiction. Uh, this is a very subjective subjective pick because <laughs> Robert Zemeckis won for Forrest Gump. I think Tarantino and Pulp Fiction, tran- like, completely changed the game in cinema. Like, just so influential with the violence, the humor. Uh, the flat, the different storylines and different loops and all the characters intertwining with the flashbacks and just overall coming together, just never done before ever. And if it was tried, it just wasn't ever successful. Um, this did win best uh, original screenplay, but it just, this was the best directing performance of the year by far. It just changed the game. He re- and he also just like showed everyone that making movies is cool. Like making movies is fun. Like, this is like, you, like, I, he, like, 
didn't really learn like like a Spielberg or a Scorsese. Like he's not like a he's not like a true student of film. He's a student of just watching it. He just loves to watch film, and he just really translated that to the screen here and just changed the game with Pulp Fiction. So I really think that he should have won for Best Director because now in, we're in 2021, and now there's so many like risks and chances people are taking because Tarantino came onto the scene. So Quentin Tarantino, so Forrest, best Forrest Gump, direct their director won Best Director. Yes, yeah. you know Forrest Gump won Best Picture. Yes, and won mm-hmm. Best Director as well. Wow, interesting. All right, I'll, I'll give it to you for Best Director then. If it was if it was for for Best Picture, I mean it, that was just a loaded category that year. It's yeah, Robert Redford Shawshank. for Quiz Show was there. Uh, Shawshank, like yeah, just a loaded year. Maybe the greatest year. Argu- in film. Arguably a huge snub there too. Yeah, arguably Shawshank. Doctor O, any thoughts? Bang. Yeah. So it's like I kind of compare this to I think a Tarantino. He started off Rookie of the Year with Reservoir Dogs, arguably the greatest independent film of all time. A lot of people rank it the best. And then you get a sophomore campaign, second year he goes for the MVP with uh, uh, Pulp Fiction, and he's like should have gotten it. He was robbed of it, right? But I, that's what I kind of think of. So I mean, he did transcend film. He created a movie that like a style of a movie that hadn't really been seen before. So that's really, that's in, in not a, adapted or original screenplay. Like, it's his vision. Like I can totally like, I see that snub for sure. It's on my list. Yeah. Forrest Gump, I would say is pretty unique in itself as well. I mean, I've never seen oh, yeah. another movie like Forrest Gump in my life. Yeah. It, 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 it had the moments for sure. It had the great performance with Tom Hanks. It had uh, like the historical relevance going through time. Uh, it had the love with him and Jenny and like obviously right. a complicated relationship. It really did have it all too. Yeah. And I did. And it was interesting I mean, to see. Uh-huh. I'm a history buff. And my, I think my, the coolest thing about that movie is all the historical elements of that movie where they just go through like such crazy times. Yeah. And this random guy is just like involved in so many pivotal moments. <laughs> right. I just, I Eric just found it, like, for that. I found it so, so interesting, but uh, I'm not knocking the pick at all. I'm, I'm just comparing, um, you know, I'm just comparing. Yeah. There was right. a clear, like my number one, I like, this wasn't even my number one. This was my number two, but like, I was just, this is a personal pick. I just, I still think you should have won. I mean, I'm a huge Pulp, pulp Fiction guy. So. Yeah. Dr. O, finish this out. Mr. Miss Irrelevant. I mean, I got, you got to, like, check if this is okay. I don't know if you guys will veto, but I'm going to go Lego Movie for Best Animated Film. Does that count? Yeah. Why not? Because it didn't get nominated? Because oh, it because of element the... In it? Oh, because of Will Ferrell. I think that's a snub. That's count, the right? snub. That's still a snub. No, that's still a snub. I'll, I'll allow it. Those are stupid rules. Yeah, I'll allow those that. Those are I do have another rules. one in the bank in case. But I'm, I'll like, allow I, that. I think it should. I think it's an absolute joke. I think it's a snub that it was considered a live action film. In that case, yeah, it is a that's snub a too. Stupid rule. The yeah, Lego that, movie that was upsetting. Like that was one of the funniest animated movies I've seen in quite some time. I like I when you think of like non Disney animated movies, I think of Shrek, Kung Fu Panda, and this is like in the same vein where it's just literally it made me as an adult laugh. And the animation was actually bonkers. It was actually so cool. Very they cool. Like, they look like actual Legos like on the screen, and the cast is obviously loaded. Right, this is Chris Pratt. Like at the same time, he's doing the first Guardians of the Galaxy. Will Ferrell hilarious in that movie they got liam neeson as good cop bad cop like i and i mean don't don't get me started everything is awesome come on nominated for an oscar for best song yeah that was a great song 
I was like doing some research for uh, best original song, and I saw that one. I'm like, ooh, might be a. I have some for honorable mentions. I have some for that. I'll save it. I'll save it. But yes, I got to go. Lego Movie for best animated film. I got to see who won that year. Great pick. All right, I'll read off the drafts, and then we do honorable mentions while you look up that Dr. Rob Nez. You had Stanley Kubrick for Clockwork Orange, best director. Amy Adams in The Fighter for uh, Supporting Actress, your actress pick. The Social Network for Best Picture. Christian Bale in Vice for Actor. And The Lorax, an animated feature film for Miscellaneous. Ricky Flicks has Lorraine Bracco, an actress category for In Goodfellas. Denzel and Malcolm X for Actor. Supersize Me, Miscellaneous, and the documentary feature. Seven in Best Picture. And Quentin Tarantino for Best Director for Pulp Fiction. Dr. Rowe, you had Martin Scorsese, Best Director of Goodfellas, Saving Private Ryan, Best Picture, Sam L. Jackson, Actor in Pulp Fiction, Rosamund Pike in Gone Girl as your actress pick, and The Lego Movie in Miscellaneous. Um, Big Hero 6, I think, won that year. Uh, well, well, Nez. Not, not, I haven't seen that one. I guess we'll just go by category. Any other bi- Best Picture uh, snubs that you had on your board, Nez? Yeah, Citizen Kane. Citizen yeah. Kane. And, uh, I actually and, really like that movie. And Psycho, Alfred Hitchcock. You know, I've realized that nobody on this podcast besides me is going to give Alfred Hitchcock his flowers. So I think I just need to really commit to it. Well, let me say this. Psycho was on my big board, not for best picture, but okay. best director. Oh, okay. Because right. Hitchcock right. never famously never won. And I think yeah. that's his best. So that's what I want. That's what Fair I put enough. down. Fair enough. Dr. O, any other best picture snubs on your board? For best picture, uh, I had a couple. L.A. Confidential over Titanic. I, I have that on there. Um, Star Wars, uh, New Hope over Annie Hall. Um, I have Dark Knight not being nominated and arguably I think was the greatest film of the year, even though Slumdog oh, yeah. Millionaire won. But Slumdog's mm-hmm. obviously still great. But I think, I mean, I, like that's my favorite movie of all time. Like, how could I not want yep. that one? Um, I think that's pretty much it. Did we talk about, we said Social Network over King's Speech? Uh, that was Nez's pick. Oh right, okay. Yeah, and I said, uh, and I said the one I was toying with was Goodfellas over Dances with Wolves, um, Raging people, Bull over Ordinary you, People in 1980s. You know also. what also came came out in uh, the year the King Speech won? Scott Pilgrim versus the World. I mean, that's that's <laughs> gotta be best picture, right? All right, I'll shut up now. No, no, no. Um, but okay, yeah. Moving on, actresses. Nez, do you have any left on your board? I only had one on my board, and I'm so glad you guys didn't take it. <laughs> <laughs> I really struggled at finding. They don't have lists of that. I got a couple. Um, I have Jennifer Jason Lee for Hateful Eight um, oh, over Alicia good. Vikander. Um, she won for the Danish Girl. I, thought, I mean, like Danish Girl. That's such like a it's like a big time like woke movie. I don't know. If <laughs> yes. Like, no. Like, no. That's I true. Um, um, I have Anne Bancroft in The Graduate. Who plays Mrs. Robinson? That 1970 Oscars, movies. 69 movie. A 68. 68. Okay, okay. I think it came out. This came out in 67. But I have her. I that's like wow. I love that movie so much. Um, not a perfect movie, but I love it. Uh, I think that's pretty much it. I have Kate Blanchett, and I'm not there where she played Bob Dylan. Oh yeah, that's good. Um, well for me, Charlie Theron, Mad Max. I thought nice. Like people, like Emma Stone in La La Land was great, and like. You know, that was an Oscar-worthy performance, but I thought Shirley Theron that year was phenomenal. So I thought she should have won. And uh, Kate Winslet and Eternal Sunshine Spotless Mind. I thought that that mm. was – I'm still shocked she still didn't win uh, during that year. Hilary Swank won for Million Dollar Baby. Like, great movie, but, like, 
she won like two years prior. Like, I don't know why they did that. It made no sense to me. Um, it was just kind of odd. The Academy did that, but that was like one I was toying with as well, but uh, moving on actor Nez, any left on your board? Yeah. Uh, this one's uh, actually this past year, Delroy Lindo supporting actor apps, not even nominated the big, massive snub, like massive disservice. Mm-hmm. I could, I, I couldn't believe it. I think we were shocked when we did the Oscar preview podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, uh, I don't think the five bloods got a single nomination. Did it? Oh my God. I don't think so. Man. I, yeah. Sure. I don't recall. But uh, that dude, that's nuts. I'm like Delroy Lindo. Like that's a victim of like a movie coming out. What in May, March, March, June, May or something. June. It was June. It was nominated June. for original score. I knew it was had one. Oh, okay. Still, okay. come on. Like, like that, if that if that, that's a victim victim of circumstance. Like, imagine if that yeah. came out in December or came out in January. It's just it would be. It shouldn't be story, held yeah. to the same. Like that shouldn't be how it is. Just how it is. You know. Yeah. I don't. I don't understand that. It's ridiculous. Guy has to come out during. People Oscar just season. forget. Like, I just like, don't okay, understand yeah. it. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, Dr. O. Uh, Tom Cruise in Magnolia over Michael Caine in Cider House Rules. Like Michael Caine, Cider House Rules. Boring. Talk about not boring. Tom Cruise talking, like basically going through a sex seminar in Magnolia. Right. So it's an absolutely wild, wild freaking uh, uh, performance by him. It's one of mm-hmm. like the most. I don't know. It's, he just really goes all out there. And you could tell he was all in for that role. He wanted it bad. And yeah. then, that's when Tom Cruise was on an absolute heater where he was going on Jerry Maguire, uh, born on 4th of July a couple years earlier. He had Eyes Wide Shut. We talk about Stanley Kubrick. Talk about a wild movie. But, <laughs> uh, yes, Tom Cruise and Magnolia. No, like, I think even Tom Cruise and Jerry Maguire in 97 over Jeffrey Rush would have been adequate as well. I'm quietly judging you. <laughs> But uh, for me, Will Smith in Pursuit of Happiness in 2007 over Forrest Whitaker in Last King of Scotland. I just recently rewatched Last King of Scotland. Good movie and a great performance, but Will Smith in Pursuit of Happiness, I thought, was much better. Um, Jesse Eisenberg in Social Network over Colin Firth, King's Speech. I, we don't need to belabor Social Network anymore. Um, Al Pacino or anybody from The Godfather uh, in, 19, yeah. <laughs> in 1973 over Joel Grey Cabaret. Like Al Pacino. Whoa. Uh I'm a huge Robert Duvall, James Caan, <laughs> any of those three, all three were nominated, literally any of them over Joel Gray. Um, and then last, Ralph Fiennes and Schindler's List for supporting. I don't know anything about Cabaret. I, I did see it. Uh, I watched Shit's Creek, and they did like a, a, th- a thing with uh, Cabaret, and it was actually pretty cool. Welcome, <laughs> <and> bienvenue. <laughs> Welcome. Yeah, like no, no disrespect, yeah, but play. it's The Godfather. I've seen that play. It's the yeah, guy. No, 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 no. It's cabaret, yeah, no, baby. It's and cabaret. I, <laughs> and I guess just continuing with that theme, best director, like my number one, my big boy was Francis Ford Coppola losing to Bob Fosse for cabaret. Like, <laughs> like that's ridiculous. The greatest, arguably the greatest film of all time, just not getting best director. And then my other one was David Fincher's Social Network. We lost to Tom Hooper, The King's Speech. Remember, Tom Hooper directed Cats in 2019. That's all I'll say. <laughs> Oh my! Any other best director snubs? No, I think uh, I think you nailed it. I, I had Hitchcock down, but we already talked about him. Mm-hmm. Um, just and and also just a repeat of my already also pick Stanley Kubrick. It's just ridiculous. It's just yeah. it's just an abs. It's mm-hmm. egregious. That's row. That's that it for me. And finally, miscellaneous. 
Dr. O, any miscellaneous that you want to say? I, I had one that I wanted to pick. I told you I had one that was going to bring the house down. Just I think it was just like such like a, it's like a me scrolling down the years looking for something weird. And I found yeah. 1995, Babe won special <laughs> effects over Apollo 13. What? Wow. Oh, was, my God. I was like, how the hell did this pig win best special effects over this Tom Hanks in space with Kevin Bacon and Bill Paxton? Like, wow. What, what is this? And that was pretty freaking funny. I couldn't believe it, but I got I, I like Lego Movie a lot, so I wanted that one. But that was the one I had up my sleeve. Ness, I I got nothing else for. I I knew nobody else was going to pick the Lorax, so I just wrote that down. <laughs> and ran with it. All right, well, I have a couple here, or uh, several. I'm going to just quickly do. I'll just do original song first. You've got a friend in me. Toy Story didn't win. That's crazy. We lose two. Colors of Wind, Pocahontas. I mean, that's a bad But you've got a friend in me. I know. Colors of Wind is beautiful, though. Yeah. It is. Another original song. Shrek 2, Accidentally in Love, Lost a Motorcycle Diaries, whatever song okay. that was. Damn, okay. disrespect to the Counting Crows. That's like, <laughs> come on now. Right. Um, and then original screenplay, uh, King's Speech 1 in 2011, Inception. Inception. Wow. Like, Christopher Nolan. Like, that movie is insane. Like, who yeah. thinks of that? That's, that's dreams inside of dreams how you, like how do you lose that how do you well, that, how do you that's that's not yeah and uh cinematography dark knight any of the dark knight christopher nolan movies gotcha good ones but that rounds out our top villain i had oh. i have one more sorry i, I was looking at my list I, I'm sorry, one more moment doctor <laughs> <laughs> all right let's do that one again uh so uh <laughs> I had actor. I wanted to bring up like the artist. I think John, whatever his name, Duhardain won. And I was going to say uh, Brad Pitt and Moneyball. And he hadn't won anything up to that point. So I thought he was uh, like Brad Pitt was amazing in that movie. And I think that I was say, just like artsy fartsy. They took that one. We almost got through top billing with, with, without this, but I disagree. I recently watched the artist. It's actually pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> like wow. best actor I thought deserved. Like I was impressed. Okay. very impressed okay. i just think of him the wolf of wall street i do like Moneyball better as a movie just because like i'm a sports fan and stuff but like that performance is pretty dang good okay. it was good i'll still i'll take Moneyball still but okay <laughs> but that does it uh let's round it out all right well that does it for episode number 34 of the drive-in podcast we'd like to thank you for listening and ask that you check out our blog on a daily basis at the driveinpod.com you can also follow us at the drive-in pod on twitter and instagram thank you very much and we will 